Hi, I'm Paul Haverschrud, host of The Cost of Living. It's a show about money and how it shapes our lives. In big ways, like why inflation could get worse if we all make more money. Here's the hard truth in all of this. Workers are going to have to eat that real wage loss. And small ways, like what's the fastest way to order fast food? That first Big Mac that comes out of the kitchen is going to the drive-thru. Check out The Cost of Living. We're on CBC Listen or wherever you get podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. The thing about awards is people will talk often about, like, how they don't matter and all that. But I think awards are a great way for you to know what to watch when there's so much to watch. So in that vein, at the Toronto International Film Festival this year, the Best Canadian Feature Film Award went to this gorgeous film called Solo. Solo is a coming-of-age story that takes place in Montreal's drag scene. It's about a young man named Simon, who is a makeup artist by day, drag queen at night. And in Solo, you see Simon fall really hard for another drag queen who's come to town. Listen, I mentioned that it's a gorgeous film, but it's especially gorgeous the way that the queerness of this story is not the conflict. Like, it's not the point of contention. There's no difficult coming out story. There's no hardships the characters face because they're queer. They're just queer people falling in love, falling out of love, discovering who they are, hanging with their families. Sophie Dupuis is the film's writer and director. She joined me from Montreal to talk about the film. Sophie, welcome to the show. Hi. Congratulations on winning Best uh, Best Canadian Feature at TIFF. Oh, thank you. I was uh, very surprised because uh, Canadian films seem very strong this year. So, uh, yeah, it was a great surprise. What, what did you do when you found out you won? Were you, were you excited? Did you have a party? What did you do? We were uh, we were coming back from a um, big presentation in Quebec. Uh, we were all in the va- vehicle together with the actors, and we uh, my the producer told us the the, the news, and we all screamed together. I, uh, it's a moment I will remember all all my life. I think. <laughs> well, well, that that's a beautiful thing. Um, so this is a yeah. really beautiful film solo. I, I really enjoyed watching it, as I mentioned there. But we were having a, a conversation in our studio about how it's kind of hard to pin down what it's about because at some points it's it's a romance at some point it's about like investigating toxic relationships mm-hmm. at some points it's about mothers at other points it's about like finding your independence yeah. let's say let's say you're at a party and someone says oh how are you doing oh you say oh no yeah nice to meet you i'm a filmmaker mm-hmm. and they say oh what's your new film about what what do you say I say it's a love story between Simon and Olivier, who um, it's an electrifying love story that became toxic. And uh, the character have to maybe reconnect with himself to understand that he's trapped in a toxic relationship. And in the same time, he's trying to reconnect with his mother who was away uh, since like maybe 15 years and the reconnection is tough so that's a love story a family story a, a, a story about friendship so yeah <laughs> and they're all, drag queens <laughs> yeah I sh- so thanks for mentioning that at the end because i was about to ask they're all yeah. they're all all drag queens what was interesting to you about that that drag scene yeah i kind of became obsessed about the art of drag um, 
six or seven years ago. And um, I try. I started to um, connect to that art uh, because of RuPaul's Drag Race, like a lot of people. Yeah. And um, but the thing in that series is that we're connecting to the the person behind the drag, the drag persona. Uh, you can hear them talk about their lives talk about their relation to their art and everything. And I really fell in love with um, the, the artists. Um, it's, it, it take a lot of um, skills to be a drag queen. It's a very, it's a complete form of art. You have to do everything and be good at everything. And I'm very impressed with that. But the political uh, gesture of being on a stage as a drag artist I think is really important in our society and even more today with everything that is happening uh, and how we target drag artists to maybe get to trans people, anything. That's, that's a, that's another story, but um, um, I think we really need that form of art in our society. So I was very, I wanted to talk about that. The, the, the thing you mentioned there that like, it's a very, um, it's a very salient time for conversations ar around drag right now. I mean, as you mentioned, it's, it's, a, it's become sort yeah. of a hev heavily politicized art form. And even on this show, we've been having a lot of conversations with, with drag queens on this show. And they're, one of the things they keep on saying to me is, you know, um, Tom, there's a lot of misrepresentations of our culture. Mm. There's a lot of people saying what we are that, that we're not. What were some of the things that you had to do to make sure you were telling the story, depicting this community, this art form authentically? I did a lot of research, like years of research. And through those years of research, I look at drag artists just as humans yeah. and artists. And um, I, it, it kind of, it, it just became so normal to me because I was a lot in contact with the content, the drag content, and it, it just became uh, a day-to-day -day stuff to me. And I think that's how, that's when you can see that behind those persona, they're just people like everybody else. So, um, and I, it was interesting, I think, to talk about this in the film without the fact that my characters are queer or their orientation mm. and and um it's never a problem it's never the, the story never evolve around that and um now it's just like we're queer we're celebrating queerness we're loving each other yeah so uh that's my way of maybe um, paying homage to drag queens, drag artists, and queer people at large. And you're right. I mean, in the very early scenes, I mean, I sort of felt that way, you know, when, when Simon goes home and, you know, his father and his mother are there, I said to myself, oh, here we go. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Here's the big, here's the big fight. And it was so refreshing to see a family just yeah. very normally support him and <laughs> support his art. So I, I, that was very intentional on your part. I never even thought about 
um, making my characters um, live like uh, homophobic events in the story. And that's the, one of the comments that I get from the audience is, Oh, it was refreshing to see a, a, a loving family and to see that they are accepting. And sometimes this comment is very interesting because it, it comes from people who are not very in contact with queer people in their lives. Mm. And they, they saw so many stories about difficult coming out and uh, they hear a lot of stories about families that are not accepting and they think that it's it's like this for every queer people it, it was um for for the first time it was a possibility uh to um imagine that queer people can have loving families it's crazy <laughs> to um to hear those comments uh in in 2023, but but I think yeah. also that that's because of filmmaking, though. I mean, you know, when 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 queer stories are are placed in the wrong hands by by studios mm, or or yeah. you know or by producers or, or directors who don't have access to those authentic kind of stories, they do the stories themselves can kind of lean on on trauma or, or tragedy yeah. as opposed to like mm-hmm. more nuanced storytelling. Yeah, I think it's important that queer stories are told by queer people and it's every step of this production of this film I confirm that because of the way we work the way we approach the stories the characters the way we um, even we create a safe space on this shoot if I had done that with non-queer people I don't think that the film would have been that authentic and that mm. real and that queer. And um, I even changed my my own mind on my queerness and my way of approaching life. And uh, how do you, I, read, I read your article about that. Can you, can yeah. you tell that story? <laughs> so, so, so what happened? Yeah. Um, I started the process, like casting and everything, telling people that I wasn't part of the community, the queer community, because I knew that I was queer in some ways, but I always had like cis men lovers in my mm. life. So I have always had this heterosexual privilege in my life. So it was kind of a, it was never a problem for me to hold my lover's hand in the streets. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I never had those kind of problems and um, so I didn't want to kind of appropriate appropriate their lives, their yeah. And um, right, you didn't want to say me too if you if your yeah. experience up to that point has has mm-hmm. been a very like so l- largely socially accepted hetero one. Yeah, and yeah. but at one point we when in the process we talked so much about queerness and heteronormativity and everything because we were talking about just a relationship a love story and sometimes my actor when we were discussing scenes were stopping me and saying Sophie that's so heterosexual like your reflections your what you think is so 
it's an in it's in the heterosexual way to see life. So I was always like, oh, okay, okay. So I have to deconstruct this heteronormativity, this education I got. And um so I yeah, I had like those this epiphany <laughs> when we were rehearsing and in the pre-production of the film. And um, my life is changed forever now because I I affirm my queerness now and um, I don't even, like my way of being in, in relationship and being, even being a friend, being just a citizen in in this this society is changed for, forever now because queerness is more than just orientation or gender identity is how you are yeah in relation with people we'll be right back one of the best shows of the year according to apple amazon and time is back for another round This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, Here, There and Everywhere. Listen to Season 2 of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I read you. I, I read a quote um, from you about making uh, making this film. You said that every day of uh, that experience was more touching than the last. Like, what was so special about making this film? Um, I think it's the safe space we um, uh, that took place on the on the sh- on the shoot. Like, we everybody was kind of getting out of their shell. And um, the the way we celebrate queerness in the story and on the screen was equal behind this, the, the, the camera. And there was a lot of non-queer people, but all they were they were ally in so many ways. And it was so beautiful and f- freeing. Um, and I think that, and the other thing is, I think that every movie I made made me more kind to, like, it changed my way of seeing people around me. It, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing about making this film. You know, you were talking mm-hmm. about, um, um, I know you were talking to some of the cast in this film and and they told you that, you know, this was the kind of story they needed when they were younger. So if you can imagine watching, uh, you know, having a young person watch this film, which I I believe they will, I mean, A, because of the quality of the film, but also because now it's won this award. You know, what what do you hope this film might might do for them? I hope that they can recognize themselves and see how they can, they are loved and that they can find their people their their the people that are like for me um in the queer community there is this cho- the the concept of chosen family 
And mm. I think it can save lives. Finding your people is a very, it's a turning point, I think, for queer, queer people. And finding the support because you live same, the same kind of um, difficulties and um, and you feel like accepted and celebrated. So um, I, I hope that this film can be kind of an um, uh, a, a, an homage, a love. Um, how how can I say that? Like a, um, that they can feel feel more loved just by the mm. existence of that movie, that film. That's that's a that's a beautiful thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, thank you so much for coming on the show. Congratulations on the film, and, and congratulations again on the award. Thank you so much. Sophie Dupuis is the writer and director of the new film Solo. It just took home the Best Canadian Feature Film Award at the Toronto International Film Festival. It's in theaters across Canada now. All right, that's it for the show today. Tomorrow on the show, you're going to hear my conversation with Pedro Almodovar, one of the most acclaimed and influential directors of our time. He'll tell you how growing up under a dictatorship and a strict religious education in Spain helped him make the bold, colorful, provocative, and groundbreaking films he made. We'll see you then later on. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.